Welcome and thank you for joining us on this episode of Ganado Meets Corporate. I am Clement Mifsubonici. I work within the firm's competition and public procurement practice. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of hosting Mr. Godwin Manjon. Good morning. Mr. Manjon is the Director General of the Office for Competition since 2015. Previously, and since 2011, he was the Director General for the Office of Consumer Affairs. He was one of the first officers assigned to the Office for Competition when the Competition Act came into force in 1995, and he participated in the first investigations carried out by the Office at the time. Thank you, Mr. Manjon, for making it for today's session. I know you're a very busy man, so let's get right to it. Today, we will be talking about merger control. For the benefit of our listeners, Malta adopts a system of mandatory pre-notification. Deals, which have to be reviewed by the Office of Competition, have to be cleared before they're closed. Let's start off, uh, Mr. Manjon. What's the Office's track record when it comes to merger filings? So, uh, in the in the last five years, we began to see a double-figure number of concentrations. Well, previously it was below five and so on, but now, lately, with the more awareness of the of the business community, now we are seeing double-figure. And this year, we already we already have ten filing uh, filing submissions already. And with the meetings that we had in the last couple of weeks, we are anticipating that we will surpass the 18 mark submission that we had in, in 2021, which was the, the the maximum amount that we received in a particular year. Great. What's the average screening time when you're dealing with short form simplified procedures and long form procedures? So in the case of the simplified procedure, the, the time period is to issue a decision within four weeks. While in the case, if a, if, a, if a notification falls within a phase one investigation or inf- assessment, it will, the, the time period of six weeks. We try as possible, though there's the limit within which we have to, de- to issue a decision, we try as possible at least try to conclude, if, to conclude our assessment one week before. So we try for simplified for three weeks and we target for a five, for a five week period in the case of a phase one, in phase one submission. So what's the number of concentrations that have been cleared with the office as against concentrations that have been blocked by the office? So in actual fact, we, do, we don't generally, we have never blocked a concentration, but generally the, the concentrations are generally, after the assessment are cleared from the office, there were only two occasions when, the, when these notifications were actually abandoned by the parties before we have arrived at the final decision. Right. Now, over the past couple of years, we've noticed that a number of concentrations for the first time went into what we refer to as the phase two process. Can you perhaps explain in brief to our listeners in what circumstances will the office get into the phase two process and perhaps explain what was your experience in these concentrations? So, so the office goes for a, for a phase two investigation or, or rather we initiate investigations when after our assessment in the phase one period, we established that there, there is likely to be competition concerns and we issue a decision accordingly. We would have also discussed this issue with the parties involved and then we begin our investigation. It doesn't mean that we, if we go for the second phase that the, part, that the, 
that the merger, particular merger, will be blocked, or rather uh, it has to be abandoned. Or to, it's just as, as a prima facie, as our assessment, it emerged to us that, the, that it's likely that there will be competition concerns. The phase two, the phase two investigations are rather quite hectic on us as an office. First of all, we have to try as far as possible. We conclude them in a four-month period. And in a four-month period, uh, apart from meetings with third parties, or rather with third parties that have raised objections, we have sometimes, unfortunately in Malta, we don't have uh, information about the market so clear, so clearly cut. So we have to obtain the information from all the market players. So we have to send requests for information for the market players. Sometimes they are at first reluctant to submit, to provide information regarding turnover, which for them is, is, is confidential and it's very sensitive. So, so but uh, on the long run, we always obtained that information so that we'll be able to establish the, the right market shares of the parties involved. Apart from that, apart from assessing from a legal perspective, we also have sometimes we have to go for the for service. So we had to, we had uh, in cases in uh, in a phase two investigations we had surveys that were carried out. Uh, uh, first of all, we we cont they are carried out by external contractor. We only provide the questions and then he himself or herself. Uh, Establish the the survey in particular that is going to take place. It's, uh, we have to ensure that the survey is actually representative of the Maltese population, both in the case of age, status, whether they are employed or not, and gender, and also that it's covered all the parts of of Malta and Gozo, so that we ensure that it is uh, independent and we had the clear. Uh, indication that we want to achieve from that survey, whether our line of thought is correct or whether we have to change our line of thought or our assessment because it's uh, from the survey that has been carried out, uh, it, it can emerge that that we were our assumptions were incorrect, let us say like that. We also carried out, we had an instance where we carried out exit survey. That means that the survey is carried out in that particular outlet that is going, that is being part of the of our concentration assessment. And in that case, the consumers are targeted. That means that the consumers that, uh, that they purchase from that particular outlet are, are being asked directly some particular questions in order to, to have an idea of their line of how they purchase the goods from that particular outlet or whether they go to another outlet. So there's a number of questions that we try to obtain as far as for right. example. And, and on this, what were the sectors? Um, Involved, so uh, we, we had in the, in the case of a phase two investigation, we had five five particular notifications. Three were regarding the retail sector, one in the com sector, and one on the maritime sector. Uh, and what was the outcome of these um, screening processes? So, in the in these of the screening process, these five particular notifications, two were cleared, one two were abandoned, while one was also cleared with commitments. That means that the commitments are offered by the parties to address the competition concerns that the office has. In this particular case, there was also a multi-trustee that was established because it's important that rather not only to agree on how the way forward, how the parties will will act in order to ensure that competition still remains on the market, but there's a quarterly report that is provided by this 
independent monitoring trustee that provide the report to to us as the office, and the office will go through it and and see that they are being conforming with those particular uh, commitments that the parties have ta- have taken. In the case of commitments, we also test test it with the party with other parties on the market to ensure that that they are agreeing also with the commitments that were provided or were agreed by the office and the notifying party. Am I understanding you correctly that here the commitments in question were behavioral? Uh, yes, yes, nature, yes, right. behavioral, and and that's why uh, the the monitoring trustee will also see through the also the invoicing and so on. So he has to to carry out quite an extensive study every three months or conclude the report every three months, so that uh, we we will ensure that this be, that is being carried out. You've mentioned before that the phase two process does take longer than the phase one process. How do you manage the parties during this time? I would anticipate that parties would be very anxious during this time. What's your experience? So, uh, actually, with the experience that we had with these with these uh, with these parties, were actually quite cordial, and we also, first of all, we wanted we want to be transparent in our work. So we we will have regular meetings with them, and also inform them how how is the way of thinking. And also, if we arrive at a point where there's a possi- possibility that we will that we will block, or rather that the merger will not go, go through, we we first of all issue a set of objections. That means the party will have all the time to reply for the objections that the office is being uh, is raising, both to reply also orally on a written form. And in the case that if they if there are some commitments that they can offer, like the case that I had previously said before, they would be in position to offer commitments and see whether the the office will accept those commitments in order to to clear the the merger in particular. Right. So you you've mentioned that three of these decisions were cleared. One with commitments, the other two were cleared outright. Were these decisions challenged or appealed before the Maltese courts? No, we had we hadn't any challenges regarding our decision, both from the parties or third parties. But uh, actually, also when in those cases that were impending, I also received uh, good uh, good feedback from the parties on the way how we carried out how we carried out our assessment and also especially how we have informed them throughout the whole period about the work that is being carried out and also that uh, that they know the position quite correctly in order to be in position to offer some commitments on their part. Right. Now, does the office consult with other public authorities or regulatory authorities during the screening process? Yes, uh, we, we, we carry out meetings or send RFIs in those sectors where there's a regulator in place. The regulator will be likely to be more informed about the market and he would be and he would be positioned to offer an independent view of the concentration, in particular the concentration that is taking place, what it has its effect on the competition, because we see it from a competition perspective only. Uh, so we had meetings with the motor financial services and the insurance industry. We had we had also in inter- with Malta Communications Authority in respect of the telecom sector, with also also the Malta Transport Authority regarding the maritime sector, and also and generally also with other particular uh, authorities 
that we think that are, that are in best position to provide their out, their outcome. Right. This is a question we get very often. Uh, does the office have a habit of consulting with the foreign direct investment screening office? Yes, we, we had seen on some occasions we had we had meetings with them, uh, especially if the if we receive a notification that may affect their uh, their area that they are responsible. That means that where there's a takeover from a non-European country and it is in an area where there's security in place that they want to see it. So actually, once we issue uh, the public, we issue the, in the government gazette or in, uh, on our website that there is a particular merger, it's likely that they will contact that themselves rather than we, we seek their opinion on the particular merger taking place. Right. Now, are there any planned legislative changes to Malta's merger control laws? So, so the office is, is actually at the moment drafting, the, drafting uh, a number of, of amendments. One has to remember that these, that some of them are actually these uh, these regulations are from 2002. They were partly amended in 2007, and then lately with the CN directive, we we had to to be in line with the directive and also and also some legal aspects that we needed to to take to take in consideration the amendments that have taken place in the competition act so some of the major let us say amendments that will be taking place will be to threshold the thresholds were last revised in 2007 and now one has to take the inflation and also the growth of business so this amount that w- was 2.3 million we will we will increase it so that so that smaller smaller transactions will not anymore need to be notified to the office. The aim is actually to help those small companies not to to burden them with extra with extra paperwork that I say like that in order to submit their their notification. Another will be we will be also to help this uh, these small companies especially that will introduce the simplified notification form, the short form. That means while now, 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 as the law stands, we, there's only one not one consultation notification form. We'll have two two notification form. One will remain the same for for those notifications that fall under under phase one, while the simplified those that fall under the simplified procedure will have a simplified form that will help them to provide less information that is required in the case of the of the notification normal notification form then then we are also will be also uh, we have amendments regarding the abandonment while previously we didn't have uh, let us say the power to issue a decision that a, that a, a concentration has been abandoned so third party so let us say the general public will know that there's a concentration taking place or is likely to taking place it's being assessed by the office while if the case crops up that, that they will abandon the the concentration, the first, the office will be some sometimes in the limbo regarding what when the decision when they will issue something to inform the public that this has been abandoned. So that's one also one of the problems that we face and that we try, we decided to to tackle it. Uh, another issues regarding gun jumping. Gun jumping, unfortunately, we we sometimes. We we meet with gun jumping, not rarely, but but we had case we had the case on gun jumping, and we wanted to ensure because the penalty for gun jumping is very low at the moment. 
let me interrupt you, Mr. Manjong. Perhaps you can explain what gun jumping is to okay, our listeners. Yes. So gun jumping is when the when the parties um, make a concentration and they do not inform the office. Especially, it's gun jumping. It may be serious, especially when the, when this will be will affect uh, quite substantially competition on the market. In those cases, we will be increasing the penalties and it will be a percentage of turnover. So it will be a high percentage of the turnover. So it be a deterrent for the parties not to take any action. It's better to inform, inform the office. It's, as I said, there were no, not so many, uh, there were no blocked uh, concentrations. So they should not be afraid to come to the office and see if, if, it's, uh, if it's still, there's a possibility that it will go through because it may be that it will not have a lessening a substantial lessening of competition because uh, the law is it. It's not that there's a concentration may be likely that will affect negatively the the competition on the market. But we, but in order for the office, as I say, to block the concentration, it has to emerge that there will be a substantial lessening of competition. So sometimes we, ha- we have to submit. You have always to submit. As I say, like if you if you if you, if it's if the turnover threshold has been you have more than the turnover threshold. In that case, you have to submit the consideration. You cannot say it will not affect the competition and we will not submit it. Uh, but if the concentration will affect the market, the penalty will be higher. Those that maybe will not have a negative effect on the market still will incur a higher penalty than the present one, but maybe not a, a high percentage of the turnover that we have at the moment that will be proposed. We also, in order to go to a paperless uh, system, we, we began it with during the COVID and it proved to be very successful. So we will be, we, there's a possibility that the consultation will, will only be submitted in electronic format. And we will do about with the with submission in a hard copies. Right. Uh, let me pick again on the gun jumping issue. Um, it does seem that gun jumping is going to be an administrative priority for the office. Is that so? Yes, we will, we will give a priority to gun jumping. We will, first of all, we will recover some resources from, because now as the threshold will increase, there will be a less number of, of concentrations. Those resources will be, will, will be directed for market research in order to identify those, those companies that have merged or uh, there was a takeover in order to ensure that if they if they carry out an emergency, they they are notified to the, to the office. So we will be targeting we will be targeting those companies to ensure that uh, that they will they will submit. There's the penalties. So even if we if we notify them ourselves, it's still it's on them to dependent that they will submit the concentration of firms. So it will not be accused that they will not know the law. Right. Um, to date, has the office issued any fines or penalties on gun jumping cases? Yes, we had the case, but as I said, the gun jumping was actually, uh, the penalty was low, but uh, actually we issued a, in, in a case where they departed to notify the office, and therefore the office decided to issue a decision. It's, it's just the same that the office still uh, didn't object to the concession particular and the particular concentration, but still the fines were imposed on them. 
Right. You've mentioned before that the thresholds will be increased. And as a result, one would anticipate that less concentrations will satisfy the jurisdictional test and will have to be reviewed by the office. But what happens with concentrations that fall below the thresholds, but may be still problematic from either a restraint of trade perspective or an abuse of dominance perspective? So uh, in those cases, still one has to see. If, first of all, if there's a threshold is not uh, is not are not reached, they are they have let us say, jump the first the first step. So they not need to notify. But still, they have to ensure, especially if a company is in a dominant position, one has to see that it still does not breach the Competition Act. That means that they will not breach Article Nine of the Competition Act. So if the particular merger is having the effect of killing new entrants on the market, the office may may see it negatively and therefore decide to investigate. So it's not that that if a, if a merger does not reach the, the threshold, still it's, uh, let us say, they are free to carry on with their with their kind of business. We have to ensure that that, these, uh, that, the, that there are no breach of the Competition Act. So we will see, especially there were cases, maybe also in the EU, where there were killer, what we call killer acquisitions. That means that companies buy new companies that are being just, uh, they have been set up just a few months or, or years, but actually they are penetrating the market. So they are generally the company, that is, let us say that there is a, is a dominant position, is likely to take action or to, to buy it out and therefore lessen the competition that it will face in the future. Right. Uh, would it, or um, what you just said, would it also cover breaches under Article 5 of the Competition Act uh, on restraints of trade? Yes, if we, if we find that there's a possibility that we can investigate it in that part, it uh, will take action. But generally, it will be Article 9, let us say, the most common issue that will be raised. Right. L- let me come to my concluding question. So, Mr. Manjon, what's your advice to parties? Mm-hmm who are planning to notify a concentration to the office. It is important that first either either they decide to contact the experts on the field, that means legal or or companies of, of accountants and so on, in order to first of all to see whether they are they have the threshold has been reached or not. And then also regarding to provide all the information that is required. But the office encouraged the parties to set up meetings with us that we what we call a pre-notification meeting so that we'll discuss what uh, about the merger and also what also for us to understand the merger and also what information is to provide it with the consultation notification for because after discussion maybe some some documents are not required for that particular assessment so so for them it's important to have a pre-notification meeting in order in order for for them to understand what is required from them Thank you. That's it. Thank you for making it on today's show. And thank you for inviting me.